The Heat were shorthanded as they took on the Toronto Raptors without three starters in the lineup. And while they gave up an early double-digit lead, they were led by the Robinson brothers, Duncan and Orlando, down the stretch, combining for 19 fourth-quarter points to get Miami a much-needed win. We break down the game. Who stepped up and answer your questions on today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg. Joining me as always, Dave Ramil. However you're tuning in, YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Recording this Wednesday night after the Heat went into Toronto and beat the Raptors 112 to 103 without three starters. No Bam Adebayo, no Haywood Highsmith, no Tyler Hero. And you might be surprised to hear this, but the Heat led for most of this game, but it didn't ever feel like it was put away until the very end. The Heat improved to 12 and 9. David, your takeaway from the game. I think they wound up playing a different style overall without Bam Adebayo in the lineup. I could see, I think there was a little bit of not necessarily more fluidity in the offense, but it was, you know, trying to find the hot hand, getting contributions from different players at different stages, understanding that it was going to take more of a group mentality in order to put away this Raptors team, especially without a go-to player like Bam Adebayo or an elite scorer like Tyler Hero who could pick up your offense the way it desperately needed in the fourth quarter. There were stretches there where it didn't look like Miami was going to get much scoring and, and Toronto, to their credit, wound up having, I, I think they cut the lead down to three in the fourth quarter at one point before Duncan Robinson and Orlando Robinson both caught fire and hit some key buckets down the stretch in order to put the game away. To your point earlier, it did not feel like this was going to be an easy Miami win. It just wound up being that down the stretch as the Robinson brothers wound up catching fire. But I think they tweaked things around. They did, you know, they just ran their offense a little differently without their main hub and connector and Bam at a bio out there and just wound up getting some, you know, they were sharing the ball a lot. So that was still a pretty, you know, 33 assists on, uh, I think, 41 made field goals. Yep, so. and seven and only seven turnovers. Yeah, yeah, that's that for sure. They were very efficient. They were, I mean, there was one really bad turnover, I think, from Josh, made a bad pass. Another one from Jaime. That they was just like they, they were trying to find cutters there that really weren't there. They just forced these passes. But other than that, to think about just five, turnovers outside of those two egregious ones that's impressive yeah impressive showing from Miami. very effective and and on the flip side the raptors ended up having 14 turnovers in this game right. uh miami ends up winning the possession battle uh by three possessions there and, and that was key uh because that's been a key part of their formula all season long a big part of that film formula obviously is bam out of bio when you have bam at center and and i the style thing is such a good point because when you and specifically defensively i want to focus on it because with bam at center you're able to be really aggressive. Bam is so yeah. great at covering so much ground while also being aggressive and forcing turnovers. He's able to show on pick and rolls, get in guys' face, get back to the, the rim and defend the basket and all these things. And without Bam, Miami played a much safer kind of prevent defense almost. Yes. Everything was almost drop coverage or zone, right? So yep. a lot more 2-3 zone than we've ever seen so far this season. Orlando Robinson, the primary center in this game, starting in Bam's place. We'll get to him later when we get to credit cookies, but primarily in a drop there. Um, 
those 14 turnovers by the Raptors, off the top of my head, David, 50% of them unforced, just dumb yep. travels, carries, like Precious Achua yep. getting called for a carry, some offensive turnovers by them, uh, uh, offensive foul turnovers by them too. So a lot of it was unforced. So you kind of have to blame Toronto a little bit for this also, but it ended up working in Miami's favor. Offensively, I thought the stylistic shift was interesting too. A lot more perimeter-oriented, kind of side-to-side passing uh, until later in the game. They figured it out. Like Miami, they got off to a hot start almost only because of Caleb Martin, right? Oh, yeah. Caleb Martin scored, I think, all of his 24 points in the first half, and or at least most of them. And then outside of that, they couldn't really generate much offense. And then they figured it out in the second half. They started setting screens lower in the paint. Toronto was basically showing four guys, four bodies every time Jimmy Butler get in, got into the paint. It was four bodies right in front of him, and he was forced into being a playmaker, uh, kicking out to other uh, uh, teammates and stuff like that. But the Heat just needed to get something from him. They started setting those screens a little bit lower in the paint to kind of free him up when he was in that area. I thought that this was a problem-solving win by the Miami Heat without some of their best players in this game. It wasn't a big game for Jimmy Butler in the box score, but you got big nights from Caleb. Duncan Robinson was huge down the stretch. Jaime Hawkins Jr. was opportunistic. They got big buckets up and down the rest of the roster uh, without some of their key players in this one. Yeah, we talked about what Jimmy's impact would be without Bam and, and the need for him to step up. And I think this was one of his more passive games. He did have a few assists there, trying to get other players going. Again, recognizing, you know, maybe it's better to to share the ball and see if everybody could find their rhythm tonight. Whether regard and you know, again, because of Toronto's defense. Yeah, credit to Toronto. I don't, I don't. Yeah. I thought he was. I don't know if passive is the word I would use. I think Toronto just did a good job taking his scoring out of the game. I, I give credit to the Raptors' defense there. Yeah. So, uh, then, uh, Jimmy Butler had three of his shots blocked in this game. They are long, and they were bothering him. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that bad, but yeah, he, he look, he, he didn't have the best offensive game, but he did make plays for others, and I think yeah. that was important. Recognizing that he's commanding that double team, and you know, to the whole stylistic point too, they wound up shooting thirty-eight threes tonight, which is more in line with where they should be in terms that's, of total three-point attempts. So that was that's good to see. Uh, definitely brought looking... that up. Can can I dive into that a little bit more because I got the stats here, cleaning the glass. Yes. Um, without Bam, Bam loves that long mid-range shot. Right, that's a big part of his game this year. He's shooting it at about a fifty percent clip. Miami has a team just five long mid-range shots in this game. Okay. Usually, Bam is he's taking a minimum of five per game. Right, mm-hmm. so uh, the fact that Miami only had five in this game, twenty-two shots at the rim, twenty-four in that short mid-range area, mm-hmm. and off the top of my head, I would say like just eye test wise, probably in the shorter part of that mid-range area than the longer part of that short mid-range area. Um, yeah. and then 38 threes to your point. So that shot distribution, I actually quite liked it without Bam being in there. I'm not trying to turn this into the heat offense is better without Bam. I'm just saying, like, right. if you're just looking for what a more efficient shot chart is in a general sense, it's this one. This is the more yeah. efficient one, but that's discounting obviously the fact that Bam almost shoots those long mids at a 50% rate. Yeah, uh, we should talk, you know, mention the fact that Caleb Martin starting in place of Haywood Highsmith, you mentioned Orlando Robinson starting in place of Bam at a bio. They shot, what, a combined 10 three-pointers between the two of them. So that's not normally what you'd see in terms of what the regular starting lineup would be with that's Highsmith and Bam. That's That would be like yeah. maybe a total of, of two or three three-pointers between those and said it was 10 out of those two starters. So I, I think that's a, a big change in why it they is. put up so many three-pointers tonight. Um, in terms of what else that stood out to me in this game, I just thought that the Heat kind of every time they started to get 
a lead or pull away by eight, yes. nine, 10, 13 points. The Raptors ended up making a run, but it was impressive how Miami just sort of every time they made that, Toronto would come back and make that run. They found a new way to yep. kind of pull away, whether it was Caleb Martin helping them pull away in the second quarter or Duncan Robinson scoring or assisting on 10 straight points for the Heat to start the fourth quarter. Like it was just, it was somebody else almost stepping up every single time to help yep. Miami either maintain the cushion or pad the cushion a little bit more. Um, the Raptors, by the way, can we just quickly for like like 45 seconds on the Raptors? What a weird yes. team. Uh, yes. Pascal Siakam, 30 points. OG Ananobi, 23 points for him. He went five for 10 from three-point range, and that seems low. <laughs> like yep. I, I thought he went Big like eight for 10 right, in that game. Uh, Scotty Barnes, 12 points on five for 17 shooting, but had 11 rebounds and five assists um, and a block, um, spending most of his time on on Jimmy Butler in this one. It was a weird – It was again, just a weird team. I don't quite know what to make of Toronto. No, a little underperforming, 9 of 12, but they've been a team that challenges Miami in the past because of that length and overall yeah. speed. They just do seem a little bit maybe not as quick as they have in year past, although I thought Dennis Schroeder would wind up having a big game against Miami. That wound up not being the case. He's mostly inefficient. This is not FIBA World Cup version of Dennis Schroeder, that's for sure. Um, OG Anunoby, uh, I know we've talked about it before. I know it's never going to happen, but this is the kind of player that Miami needs to round up their starting lineup. Like he is such a great defender and the fact that he can space the floor and he's so much more comfortable a couple of times there putting the ball on the floor, something he wasn't capable of doing earlier in his career. And now he's just a much more well-rounded offensive player, but he would be a great fit in Miami. It's just, it's impossible to think of Miami pulling off a deal for him. Yes, no, or plead the fifth. Those are your three options. Would you trade both of the second round picks Miami or both of the first round picks Miami has available for OG and Anobi? Yes. You would. Okay. Me, um, me. I don't care about the draft. That's true. That's true. <laughs> what is the draft? Uh, what is talent? Nikola Jovic played in this Ooh. game. We've got a question about him later. But first, credit cookies is next. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The weather's getting colder, but the NFL offers are staying hot over at FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with a winning $5 money light bet. Any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action with the NFL season ramping up towards the playoffs. Of course, the NBA season and the in-season tournament in full swing. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Sorry, Wes, your pick of Pacers' sons in the IST is not going to happen. Who's your Who's your next pick? Who's your next pick to, to represent the, Lakers. the Western? The Lakers, huh? Okay, they knocked out the Suns. They just naturally slide right into place. Well, yep. it's a good good wager if you're willing to make it. Go to FanDuel. Go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked on Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. We have a question about Nikola who got some rare playing time tonight. What did we like? What did we dislike from his minutes? Plus, have the Robinsons played enough and well enough 
that he could afford to be a little bit more patient with Tyler and Bam. We'll talk about that later on. But for now, it is time for the tastiest segment of Locked On Heat. It is time for credit cookies, David. Where should we start? We kind of buried the lead a little bit in the first segment, but I, I don't think we talked nearly enough about Duncan Robinson's transformative play. He was really, really good. And and the fact that he came up big in the fourth quarter, hitting two of his four three-pointers, a total of 10 points in the period, after just going one of six from three-point range earlier in the game, his shot just wasn't falling. And then he kind of hits one at the end there, and it just, it just seems like it, it was the Duncan that Miami Heat fans have wanted for so long and have seen so regular during this regular season. He's just got the total overall game there, being able to attack the basket, being able to make plays for others. <laughs> Had a one-handed dunk at one point. <laughs> and kind of and funny as he's running towards the bench, kind of shaking his hand like he's like it hurts. Like he's so unused to great. dunking it. Uh, I mean, that's, hey, can't hurt that hand. That's, you need that. You're it was a wide hand. open. I mean, it wouldn't have been that open if it was the dunk contest. There's nobody in the lane. Dennis Schroeder was uh, actually responsible for the backside help there, and he just watched Duncan yes. go right to the basket, uh, just a flub by Toronto's defense. But it just felt like every time the Heat needed a basket, Duncan Robinson was there with it. Yes. Um, he ended up having, I, I mentioned before, the 10 straight either scored or assisted on to start the fourth quarter, a Duncan Robinson, just a 10 0 run by the Heat, powered by Duncan. Just, or what, what is it? The Duncan Donut fuel? Yeah, on, yeah. On running, running on Duncan, whatever it was. Yeah. Well, that I was Duncan that. Robinson fueling that. Um, Toronto kind of climbs back into the game late, yeah. kind of midway through that fourth quarter. And then Duncan Robinson had back to back scores at the basket when the Heat needed it. So he's doing it from three point range. Duncan Robinson tonight was, let's three get the of 10 here, three, three of 10. Uh, so he took 10 three pointers. Uh, nine two pointers, but it just felt like we go six of nine from two. Yeah, six of nine from two point range. It just felt like his efficiency in the paint was was so good. Uh, I just the evolution from him, and then the seven assists also unbelievable, unbelievable. That, yeah, I I didn't realize he had that much, but that, that's the fact that he's just he's doing so much with the ball in his hands. He's being able to work and create offense for himself and others. Like that is just a, an incredible transformation of a player. He had like, a drive and kick to Caleb Martin in the first quarter that basically punched Caleb Martin into gear. Like that was right. sort of the thing that the, the, the springboard for that huge first half that Caleb Martin ended up having. So um, I thought that was phenomenal. I thought his defense was actually really strong in this too. Only one foul. Yep. only had one foul in this game. Uh, yep. Despite Toronto, the way that they like to play is to get to the line, be physical. That's sort of their thing. And he didn't get caught with his hand in the cookie jar. I just thought he yep. was – he is he is just completely evolved as a basketball player. How many credit cookies for him? I'm going to give him three. And I'm glad you called out the defense because I, I thought he was really good. A lot of great help defense closing out well whenever he was caught at a switch – Real savvy move that he's making there. And I, I've seen a few Heat players doing this, and maybe it's just a, a league-wide change in the terms of having to adjust with, with the shift and the, the, the switch and everything like that. But he, he keeps a hand on the roller or whoever's setting the screen, and then he kind of just holds them off just a little bit so they're not able to make a quick cut. And then he's able to kind of pick his direction, whether or not if they, they shed the screen, the ball handler, or whether or not they roll right or whatever, he was able to adjust and go with them. So he's really evolved as a defender. And and good point, not getting his hand caught in the cookie jar the way he had before. One foul. I mean, with the minutes he played and as often yeah. as he had the ball in his hands and as often as he's not getting targeted on defense anymore. Like he is not a weak point that you can attack consistently. Toronto's not exactly like a predatorial offense, but that's fair. To, your, to the broader point, 
we haven't noticed it as much anyway this season so far. Um, yeah. Can we go to Caleb Martin? Because he needs some credit cookies in this one. Huge first half that I'm gave really. Miami the initial lead. Uh, the Heat don't win this game without Caleb Martin. Offensively, 11 of Miami's first 17 points in this game made his first three three-pointers. It was his best game of the season on both ends of the court. Defensively, I thought he was really strong, too. There was a series that I highlighted in the first quarter. Caleb Martin uh, or Pascal Siakam coming down to the post. The one time they did kind of target Duncan Robinson in this game, Siakam had him on the ISO. He takes him to the post. He's kind of backing him down. Caleb Martin comes in, shows help, gets Pascal to take uh, uh, to pass the ball away, passes it to, I think it was Dennis Schroeder, up at the top uh, beyond the arc. Caleb Martin goes back, recovers to Schroeder, and then Schroeder tries to attack the closeout. Caleb Martin sticks with him um, and then knocks the ball out of bounds uh, off yeah. of them. So it was that defensive activity. It was the three-point shooting. It was also the fact that when – I know when Caleb Martin is back, when he starts with the ball in the corner, attacks that Driving closeout, baseline. drives baseline, and then finishes at yeah. the basket. We got a couple of those in this game too. We've seen more of that lately with Caleb Martin after, a, after being injured to start the season. I think we have seen the full Caleb Martin come back now. I think so. Uh, a little surprised. I'm not sure if concerned necessarily that he only wound up having one point in the second half. 23 of his 24 came in the first 15 in the first quarter, eight in the second quarter. So a really strong first half, as you mentioned before. But at the same time, he was just so good in the first half that I really don't care about how he played right. in the second half because he helped Miami really weather the storm. You, you could tell that he was a player that you could just go to, and he felt so comfortable. He was, like, aggressive and looking for that three-point shot. When somebody closed out, just put the ball down, created an opportunity at the rim, and he did so with flourish. You know, that touch around the basket that he has demonstrated over the last couple of seasons, definitely back. I think the rest really helped him as he's come, you know, recovering from the knee injury. He looked really sharp tonight. So I would give him two. Two is fine. How about how much for Orlando Robinson? Orlando Robinson, starting in place of Bam at a bio, having nine points in the fourth quarter. He never looked really out of place. That three-point mm -hmm. shot. There was that first attempt, or no, sorry, the first non-attempt where he had the ball beyond the perimeter and he doesn't put the ball up. I don't know if he's just watching his percentage from three-point range or something like that, but he was wide open. He didn't shoot to three. Next time he was wide open, they were closing out on him. He still let it fly. He didn't wind up nailing it. Uh, unfortunately, he did miss one of his three three-point attempts, but otherwise... Started three. six for six uh, on the season from three-point range, shooting 100%. I tweeted that, and then, of course, he missed the next one, so my bad on that. But... Damn you. Damn you, Wes. <laughs> I knew I it was going to happen, it. too. I knew yeah. it was going to happen. Uh... Uh, two, I give him two credit cookies because I think he just did a really good job. Nice some rebounding around the edge, and this is another big body. And the fact that he was working the two man game with Duncan so effectively, uh, yeah. he had a nice cut inside. Duncan was able to find him on a nice lob pass. You know, it's he, he's learned a lot from Bam at Bio, and the fact yes. that he was able to showcase his skill set tonight without Bam in the lineup really is, is incredible considering he was out of the lineup completely in Sioux Falls just to get some practice run in there because he's not getting any minutes here. And they wind up starting him a couple of weeks later and having a really, really good game and a much needed win. To go from out of the rotation, and it's not a, yes. any fault on him. How many centers are you going to play, right? You got Bam Adebayo right. as your starter. Kevin Love comes off the bench as the backup center. For, so to go from out of the rotation to now starting so that you can kind of keep Kevin Love in that bench role, it, it's it's a testament to him just kind of staying ready. Also, his screen setting I thought was so good in this game. He's an yep. awesome screen setter. You think about you talk about learning from Bam. I do yep. wonder if he's watched the Bam screen setting film because bam is maybe one of the two, best two or three screen setters in the nba Orlando robinson actually created points and created opportunities for his teammates with his screen setting uh in this one 
I like that he wasn't greedy with the three-point shot. He took three of them, but it felt like yep. it was in the flow of the offense. To your point, he probably could have yep. taken one or two more, and we would have been okay with it. Uh, but also not searching for it, not searching for his own shot. He's involved in the dribble handoff game. I thought his floor game was just really smart and really good, and I was just really, really impressed with him. So we've got two, two, or three to Duncan, two to Caleb, two to Orlando. Uh, let's just quickly hit the other ones before we go to the next segment. I got two for Jaime and okay. one for Jimmy Butler. A little quiet Fair except for me. the assists. But I think we talked about Jimmy in his first segment. Jaime, I think another guy who who really stepped up tonight. Unfortunately, the three point shot wasn't there, but it's just he continues to electrify while he's out there, and I think he's just had a really strong showing as a rookie, building on his November you know Player of the Month award as a rookie. You know, I I think he continues to grow, and the fact that he just went yeah. out there, I I think at one point Spo brought him back in the game after Toronto cut that lead down to a three, kind of saying, you know what, we need Jaime's energy. And he went out there, and certainly enough, they were able to build on that performance. I might have flipped Jaime and Jimmy's cookies. I might have done two to Jimmy and one to Jaime. He had a couple of bad turnovers, back-to-back turnovers, actually, in this one. I didn't think it was the best Jaime Hakka's game. It wasn't a bad one. He still got a credit cookie for the win, um, but it wasn't what you know we've been seeing so much um, from him lately. But um, coming up, we get to your listener questions. Nikola Jovic, some rare minutes in this one. The good, the bad, any ugly from that? Uh, We'll talk about that next here on Locked on Heat. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. It's so easy to play. Daily fantasy sports made easy because Prize Picks makes everything so simple for you. The basketball season here, obviously, in full swing. And now you can pick a combo projection across football and basketball from their specials league. It's a league created specifically for combo projections and includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, if you want LeBron James and, say, Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions, well, PrizePix is the only site that'll give it to you. You want to play alongside some of PrizePix's favorite players like rapper Meek Mill or comedian Andrew Schultz? Well, you can now find them in Community Plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries for some of the biggest name in the PrizePix community. It's so simple to play. It's just you versus the projections. If you pick the right right amount that they're going to play or score or whatever on any given basis, you win players and stats. It, It doesn't really matter. It's just so simple. You'll find everything that you're looking for, but you only if you find them at prizepicks.com slash NBA. Use the code LOCKDOWNBA. You get a first deposit match of up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash NBA. Remember, prizepicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Like our videos on YouTube. Comment there. As well, thanks to everybody who sent in questions using the hashtag AskLOHeat for our post-game show here. Let's get to these. Let's get to this first question. Was there any positive that you saw in Nikola Jovic's minutes? I thought it was interesting that he played the four more so, but still not that productive. David, start with the positives there. Anything positive from Nico's minutes tonight? I don't think I really saw enough there to, to take anything positive. I don't think I saw enough to really take anything negative. He was basically a non-factor for his minutes there. As soon as he came into the game, wound up committing a, let's say, a night a not fully aware foul on Pascal Siakam there, kind of blocking foul as as uh, you know after they had turned the ball over, I believe, and and it kind of just that's it. You know, he was there, and and I think they wound up taking advantage of him being in the lineup, and I think they were able to cut into Miami's lead a little bit. So he yeah. got the quick hook from Eric Spolstra. He took him and Josh Richardson, who was struggling a little bit early on. So. 
I don't know. I, maybe it was just the the moment of the game or kind of the momentum shifting away from Miami after they had built that big lead in the first and second quarter. And then with Nico coming out there, it just didn't seem to like it was much of an impact, at least not from what I saw. Comes in halfway through the second quarter, um, plays next to Orlando Robinson, so not the five. Jimmy Butler, not the five. Uh, is playing the forward spot. Had two fouls in three minutes, like you talked about. Uh, if I have to find something positive, uh, I think rebounding has been an issue for Nico. Um, it's a, it's been a, a point of coaching uh, on this team, and I did see him. Did he get a rebound in this game? Two. He got one two rebound. He got two rebounds. There was one play where he he was very just sort of vigilantly boxing out. I thought he was very conscientious of it, very thoughtful about it. Like if if you're looking for a positive, it's the ball went up. He looked around, tried to find a body that he could box out, did it, grabbed the rebound. I thought that was good. Brought the ball up a couple of times in those three minutes. Uh, wanted to try to push the pace. He did look for his own shot. Uh, kind of settled for the step back three pointer that I didn't hate because it was late enough in the shot clock where he needed something. So I, right. I kind of liked that he at least tried it. Uh, it didn't go in, but it wasn't awful either. So uh, those are the positives. In terms of the negatives, uh, yeah, the fouling wasn't good. Uh, defensively, he didn't do a whole lot of much, but. Uh, and, and then the Heat, you know, gave up three points while he was in there in three minutes. So, look, it wasn't the best thing, but at least he got out there. He seemed earnest when he was on the floor, tried to do the good stuff. And, um, you know, you and, and they got him at the right position. They got him in at the forward spot. And you hope, you know, if, if he does get some time going forward, that that's going to be the case. Spolster with yeah. 11 guys available. He's like, you know what? First half, let's try it. He didn't play him in the second half, though. I almost feel like it's a lost season for Jovic. Like, I don't see the path for him to carve out playing time because he just didn't take that leap in the requisite amount of time for him to do so. And while we've seen the occasional player grow over the course of a season because of the work they do behind the scenes and practice and showing to the coaches that they're ready for a bigger role, I just don't know that he's going to get that opportunity. He seems like the kind of player also who needs, like most players, he needs some consistent playing time and an understanding of what his role will be in order for him to maximize it. I don't think he's either athletic enough to just say, you know, put me out there for three minutes and I'm going to make something happen. He's just not quick of foot enough either for that sort of thing. I just, the more I see of him, the less enthused I am about his possible, the possibility of him being a positive player this year. And I'm okay with that. I really am. The Heat are winning. As long as the Heat are winning, it's it's whose spot in the rotation is he supposed to take? Like whose minutes? It's so people always say like he needs minutes. He needs minutes. All right, whose minutes is he taking? Is he taking Jaime's? Is he taking Caleb's? Is he taking Haywood's? No, he's not taking those. He's not taking Jimmy's. Like whose minutes is he taking? So it's as long as the Heat are winning, I'm okay with that. This guy lost his entire rookie season essentially to a back injury. His extent of a professional basketball player is basically the FIBA World Cup over the summer. That's essentially been all of his seasoning as a pro. Uh, the fact that he's not ready should be not at all surprising. The dude just graduated high school. You know what would be really surprising? If it's if he was ready to play. That would be really yeah. surprising. Um, the Heat have him under contract for, this is his second year. He's under contract for two more years on this rookie-scale contract. It's fine. They don't need him right now. Jaime Jaquez, people want to compare him. Well, Jaime's ready. He's a rookie. Jaime's closer in age to Tyler Hero than he is to Nico. Yeah. So it's, I think we, I, I like that Eric Spolstra is throwing him out there in moments like this. It won't be the last time we see Nikola Jovic this season. I'm not ready to say that he's not going to be a factor this season. It's a long season and who knows what can happen. Um, we've seen guys kind of break through in second halves of season before, whether it's on the Miami Heat in Josh Richardson's case when he was a rookie or elsewhere yeah. in the league, like it happens. 
but you're right. He does need time. I think that's why the Heat have basically been open of saying, like, he's going to get an extended run in the G League at some point. It's basically, as soon as the Heat get healthy, I expect him to go back to the G League and get an extended run. And, hey, you can you can develop in the G League. It's possible. So Absolutely. Um, I think that's fine. Nick writes in, with how well the Robinsons have played, can the Heat now afford to let Tyler and Bam become fully healthy? Um, I think they were basically forced to let Tyler and Bam become fully healthy. They've yeah. been kind of trying to short-circuit the Bam out of bio, shortcut the Bam out of bio thing for a while. Feels like they've decided, okay, this left hip contusion is a red flag. Let's get this thing taken care of in December so we don't have to worry about it in April. Tyler Hero is only going to come back when he's fully healthy. I, I think you and I agree on that. I'm more interested in this, David. The Robinson brothers, is that a thing? You know, I called them that at the start of the show. I uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, th- I think this is a real first pairing there. I'd like to see it, but how realistic is it? The only way it becomes a thing, I guess, is if Orlando Robinson somehow winds up getting backup center minutes once Tyler returns to the lineup and then Duncan set back to the bench and then the two of them can be kind of the leaders of that bench unit alongside Jaime and Kevin Love. But I just – I don't know if that's realistic either, so – I think it's going to be a little short-lived. It was nice while it was while it lasted. It might just be a one-game sample size, though. I don't think they're really brothers either. Oh, oh, uh, no, no, you're right. I don't think so either. Why not? Age difference. I mean, I don't that's, know. It's, it's that's mostly that's mostly it. They're other. They're from different parts of the country. You know, Duncan Robinson's from the Northeast. Orlando Robinson's from Las Vegas. You know. Families move, though. I mean, but no, you're right. I don't think maybe it's a military. The three point shot, if anything, if anything, you know, that's what they have in common. That's true. (laughs) Actually, you know what? Maybe they are related. Thanks for making (laughs) Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24 7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows. Covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24 7 streaming channel.